Hello and welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, and culture. While drinking a few brews. Though we don't often use strong language, the jokes and the content is not intended for young audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Before we begin the episode, we have to give a huge shout out to the Dangits from Madison, Wisconsin for providing us with great bluegrass intro you hear at the beginning of every episode. The song Razzle was written by Jamie Lampkins, but is performed by on behalf of Tom Wasselchuk and the Dangits. If you have a chance, check these guys out at dang-its.com for upcoming shows, music, or on how to book them for weddings, parties, and etc. Thank you for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to Wisconsin Drunken History. My name is Eric. And I'm Russ. We are smack dab in the middle of our Halloween series, and we have a fantastic topic today, haunted hotels. We will go over a list of Wisconsin's most haunted hotels. Uh, We also have a beer review, a special interview with Bare Bones Brewery, another edition of How Many Local You At, and of course, we have some hot music from Armchair Boogie. Russ, do you uh, have any announcements uh, we need to go over quickly before we jump in? Yeah, again, I just want to say thank you to all the new listeners we have. Um, It's kind of cool seeing people from other countries listening in. Uh, We're going to have a really neat studio tour coming up. Yeah. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. Uh, We have, you know, some more live events coming up. And uh, also, we hopefully will have some new artwork and stuff from Stephanie coming up. And uh, yeah. Hopefully some new t-shirt designs and stuff too. And we'll kind of, we'll, we'll keep uh, everybody in the loop on both Instagram and Facebook. And uh, as Russ mentioned, we're, we're wanting to do a, a studio tour just to give you guys a, a sneak peek into the world that we live in uh, uh, when we record these episodes. And uh, I mean, give you a little a taste of the, the dark layer down here. Yeah. We have a lot of really cool topics coming up and uh, just Keep on staying tuned. You're going to learn a lot about Wisconsin. Obviously, sometimes you get a half-ass history lesson. I know we had a bad <laughs> review. This guy was not happy about me pronouncing Italian names wrong. Yeah, but he... <laughs> let, let me tell you right now, I have no Italiano in me blood no. It. Eh, you're lucky I can say spaghetti. Right. I can say Parmesan cheese. Yeah. That's that's pretty much my... Or getting a trunk. Hey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, Frankie's stuffing people in the trunk again of his Lincoln town car so we apologize for that and we will work on it it's just for me those names are very hard i mean and i had a lot of brewskis in the system you know you get juiced up a bit any names are going to be tough the lubrication doesn't always work with your mouth how do you pronounce that bob (laughs) bobby it was only robert come on yeah (laughs) jeez all right so today's main story is haunted hotels Of course, we have all slept in hotels and motels around the state of Wisconsin. Uh, I'm certain we have all heard some weird noises or mysterious things. And today's main topic, the most haunted hotels, uh, really just going to give you a list of some of the most notable ones. We probably will have a episode two to this or a part two to this because there's so many. Yeah. So, um Really, let's let's go ahead and dive in and uh, and and take a look and let us know if you've booked uh, a stay at any one of these uh, ghostly inns. So, uh, topping off our list, 
Fister Hotel in Milwaukee. Yeah. The jokes that come up with The Rister. Name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so th- this is probably one of the most uh, prominent uh, and elegant hotels in Milwaukee. Uh, whenever uh, any sports teams come into town, this is where they stay. So uh, we start our journey into uh, Wisconsin's haunted hotels in downtown Milwaukee near the Third Ward at the Fister Hotel. Known as the Jewel of Milwaukee, the Fister was opened in 1893 by Charles Fister and is a world-class establishment. Charles passed away in 1927, but many people report that his ghost still haunts the hotel and his presence is felt by nearly all the guests and hotel staff. Major League Baseball has even done an article about players experiencing paranormal activity at the Fister. I, you know, I've never stayed at the Fister, but they have the uh, Open Doors Milwaukee. Yeah, and so exactly. you can actually go in there and, and view it. It's beautiful. I mean, they have like a lot of artwork. I'm a pretty, I'm not a super grungy guy, but I do not fit in with that clientele. I'll tell you right now. Yeah, the restaurant uh, inside there is really nice. The rooms are really, really high end, elegant. I mean, it's because we live in Wisconsin. We probably wouldn't stay there. I mean, we're so close to Milwaukee anyway. Um, odds are we probably wouldn't even book a room there uh, unless you're really trying to, I guess, you know, do a romantic getaway or something and really experience the uh, the 1%, I guess. But I'd have to really clean up my act, yeah. honestly, because it's a You really... could get kicked out just checking in. I mean, they right. would look at you and just be like, get the fuck out. You smell like chicken shit. <laughs> Take a hike. <laughs> Maybe Teresa's with you. Yeah, I'll bring Teresa in that room with yeah. me. So. Yeah, yeah. So number two on our uh, haunted hotels list is the Whisper Rock Victorian Dreams Vacation Home in Belleville. Complete with lovely lake views, a flowing fountain, and a lush garden, this fully restored 1885 Victorian home also has some paranormal beings to keep you company. Rumored to be built on the site of an old Native American burial ground, hotel owners and guests have reportedly seen a ghostly apparition walking through the floor where a staircase used to be heard uh, playful voices of little girls and witnessed piano sheet music move seemingly on its own. Creepy. I mean, for me, like ghosts don't really spook me out unless they're like, get the fuck out. Yeah. Then I'm, I bet I'm gone. You I mean, know? if they, yeah, like so Eddie Murphy, he's like, get the F out of here. Yeah. You hear that kind of in stuff. In my, in my, in my opinion, if, if they're able to make like really, really loud noises and throw like items, I'm a little bit nervous then. But yeah. if it's just like I, I see a creepy old girl or lady or whatever walking across the, the you know, the hallway, whatever. She's just trying to make her way downtown. Just having a fun time. <laughs> but you know, if if they're banging stuff around and able to oh, throw yeah. stuff, that's a little concerning. I mean, that means that they might lo- they, they they could probably harm me. Yeah, I love that Eddie Murphy skit yeah. where he, uh, he's like, white people, when they see ghosts, they never leave. But, you know, you're white. Get the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm out of here, dude. I'm out. Like. And, you know, the other thing that we you know, keep in mind here is it's rumored to be bar- uh, uh, built on an old Native American burial ground. Same with everything else. I mean, that's how the that's how everything starts when you're talking about paranormal uh, ha- homes or haunted houses or things like that. It's all. It always starts with that first piece, right? And like, pretty much the entire state of Wisconsin is a Native American burial ground. To be right. Honest. It's not like it's they like, had. It's not like they had special uh, areas for it. It's like, okay, 
you know, chief, you know, chief died. We're just going to go ahead and bury him right here. And then we're going to continue moving on, you know? Right. Um, so that's, yeah, I mean, it, it just, it kind of follows that same old, right. you know, legend and lore of, uh, you know, being built on, uh, you know, old Native American burial ground. So our third uh, hotel is the Boscobel Hotel in Boscobel, Wisconsin. This saloon turned hotel turned saloon slash hotel has been rumored to be haunted by its former owner and a young girl who likes to appear at the foot of guests' beds. The original owner, Adam Bobel, rebuilt the saloon after a devastating fire claimed everything but basically the four walls. Uh, Four years after he rebuilt the tavern, Bobel passed away, but supposedly never left. Another theory is that an orphan girl named Snowflake, who was abandoned outside the hotel in uh, in the snow as an infant, returned there from beyond the grave. She lived to be 12, and at least, uh, according to some legends, loved the hotel so much that she had never left, reports the uh, the local um, newspaper there. So, uh, I mean, hey, you know what? This is pretty common as well. You've got right. a little girl, seemingly playful, cute, charming, and then she just, I don't know, looks at you while you sleep from the foot of your bed. Want to play dolls? Yeah, ah. exactly. Imagine you waking up to that. Oh, I'd be gone. <laughs> There's I'm no way. Staying. There's no my, way I, I can my... get back to sleep right. after that. No way. So, I mean, hey, go book a, a stay at the Boscobel. Uh, see if you can find Snowflake. Our fourth hotel is the Karsten Hotel in Kiwani. Another reported sighting is that of a a former Kiwani mayor, William Karsten, who died of a heart attack in his hotel suite, uh, roughly located between rooms 205 and 210 uh, in today's layout. Uh, Billy, as they call him, uh, uh, basically uh, they refer to to the, the old mayor as Billy now, runs up and down the halls, smokes cigars, and even plays with uh, living children who are staying at the hotel. Uh, (laughs) Billy sounds a little creepy. Yeah. Uh, Although the hotel has changed names many times over the years, uh, this hasn't confused or deterred the spirits, uh, and numerous uh, spectral sightings uh, have uh, been experienced since 1966. Uh, Agatha, the hotel's most active apparition, is very commonly felt heard, and sometimes seen around the hotel. She was once reported to appear standing behind a hotel cleaner while he wiped a mirror. That's like, I mean, that's classic. Right. This is like uh, The Shining. Yes. He, he he starts wiping, and all of a sudden, Red Rum appears, yep. and he looks. It's like, oh, my God, it actually says murder. Holy smokes. You know? Like, Look at that. <laughs> oh, my. That actually says murder. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty common of uh, horror yeah, movies. and for and, sure paranormal things i was standing there and i was combing my hair and then all of a sudden uh creepy jimmy shows up behind me and then i turn around and he ain't there woo woo <laughs> and then rick flair shows up um the ghost of flair yeah. even though he's still alive <laughs> the ghost of flair he's still alive god rest his soul uh so the uh, next hotel up on our list is union hotel in de Pier. This 12-room inn and restaurant is known to have a very paranormal basement. 
Many of the stories report of singing coming from the corner of an empty bar, loud noises and banging in the basement, and your usual ghosts roaming the halls. The original family that owned the hotel has passed many stories to the current owners, and they believe a new or a few family members' uh, spirits settled on the property. So, the singing ghosts—I don't know—I'd probably leave for that one too. You know, like if we're singing in Latin, like "Sanctus Dominus," I'd be like, "I'm gone." Like I'm gonna—I'm grabbing my drink and I'm running. I mean, what if they were just singing some share? You believe in life after love. That song, man, that was like one of the first auto-tune songs. It was so <laughs> It was so bad. It was just oh She couldn't possibly sing that no. uh, without the the aid of uh, some uh extra computer <laughs> Not at that age. <laughs> oh man. Oh Cher. God rest her soul. She's also still alive. I know. <laughs> it's a ghost of Cher. <laughs> All right. The uh, next hotel is the Brumder Mansion Bed and Breakfast. This is a mobster's home, boarding house, parsonage, and a coffee house. The Brumder Mansion has been all of the above before, but is now known as a haunted bed and breakfast. Unexplained noises, horrible nightmares, and mysteriously moved objects are some of the commonly noted happenings. Uh, Once in the gold suite of the bed and breakfast, owner Carol Hershey found several drops of fresh blood in the bathtub, although it had been days since anyone had been in the room. Yeah, that's another one. Get out. Well, especially so it's different if you say it's fresh blood versus like dried, you know, caked on or whatever. Fresh means, you know, that's. That's scary. That's really spooky. Yeah. Either somebody's actively bleeding in there or, you know, somebody killed somebody and, you know, hovered a, you know, bloody knife or something over the thing. It's just, that's really not something you want to be, you don't want to find yourself in that situation. Uh, yeah. Any macabre scene like that, though, I, I think that's another one that would just make me want to leave. Oh, for sure. Uh, and uh, the, the Brumder Mansion uh, bed and breakfast is in uh, Milwaukee as well, by the way. So... Our final uh, hotel for for this uh, specific uh, version or or this installment of the haunted hotels in Wisconsin is the Nickel Plate Hotel in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Quite possibly the most haunted hotel on our list, this Skid Palace is more of a Cho motel than an actual motel, as it is the preferred first stop for most criminals after being released from the Walworth County Jail. Conveniently located above the Sports Page Bar in historic downtown Elkhorn, the Nickel Plate has been rumored to be a hotbed for paranormal activity. Although it's unlikely that you'll find any ghostly children at the foot of your bed, if you do see any children, make sure to notify authorities because I'm certain someone is violating their probation agreements. (laughs) Uh, visitors, Visitors have uttered stories of loud noises, groaning, and screams coming from the rooms and hallways. But most of those can be explained off as drunk townies who stumble their way in attempting to find the sports page. So I was going to ask you, you were telling me they kind of cleaned this place up a little bit, though, like the new owners did? Well, so they've cleaned up the sports page. As far as the the Cho Motel that is the nickel plate, I believe it's still sort of maybe a halfway house. It certainly is, you know, one of those... 
uh, first stops, you know, for anybody who uh, got arrested and now is, you know, being released and, and they just don't have any, uh, any other means of, uh, housing. I actually have a story about the, uh, the sports page in nickel, the nickel plate hotel. Well, I'm dying to hear this. Yeah. So one day as after school, I was skateboarding home and, uh, I was going behind kind of where Larducci's pizza's at, like yeah. riding my skateboard to my grams. And there's a little walkway in between the Chomo hotel that you can go, you know, you can go through. It's kind of a shortcut to, have yep. to go around the buildings. And, uh, this one guy who was known as Lester, the molester, I don't even know if that's his real name. <sighs> Everybody's got a list. I, I think everyone just called him that. Yeah. And uh, he stopped me. He's like, "Can you come in and help me with my TV?" And immediately in my head, I'm like, "F that." <laughs> yeah. So I just freaking skated as fast as I could away from that dude because I might have been dead. Honestly, I probably would have been in the paper. Or, I mean, it would have been one of those scenarios where you go in, you kneel down in front of the television set, and then all of a sudden the door shuts behind you, and he's just standing there naked. Oh man, it's over. I mean, you would you would have <laughs> been done. Over. It's over. <laughs> You would have been oh, done, dude. Dude, yeah. oh, it was weird, weird. T- that town. I mean, I am so I have, glad that you did not help no, that man with his television. Set. No, I, I am too. And that town, I have a love hate relationship. I always have had. And yeah, I mean, it's it's my hometown, but at the same time, it's like I don't really ever want to live there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, I I have the same type of feelings. I think about it. Uh, some good memories. But I like to keep it that way. Yeah. Just memories. Yeah, exactly. I don't need to I don't need to be there anymore and I certainly don't need to When I visit my dad, I like go around the town because he lives out in the country. Exactly. So I go around Elkhorn yep. to my dad's house. I just yeah, you can avoid the whole damn town just right. by visiting him. So uh so again, there is no shortage of, of spooky hotels in, in Wisconsin and we certainly encourage any thrill seekers uh to to fill vacancies ASAP and report back uh, on, on whatever you guys experience. Uh, we would love to hear uh, if you guys are able to find Billy or uh, Snowflake or, uh, I don't know, Lester, maybe? I don't, I don't want to <laughs> not want to see the ghost of Lester. Yeah, if you guys encounter uh, Lester at the nickel plate, we want to hear about it, but definitely call uh, the police first. I'm guessing and he's, report that. He's, he's a constantly rigid ghost. Oh, he's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's one of those uh, more stiff yeah. ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, we have our uh, Wisconsin music segment here, and again, we have Armchair Boogie. Uh, these guys are absolutely fantastic. Uh, again, Russ and I have mentioned a few times uh, the the absolute quality of uh, of these bands and artists that we that we get, and Armchair Boogie just rocks. I absolutely love their their tunes. It's again bluegrass and uh, folk, and it's just it's top notch. Yeah, you know, it was my my first time actually listening to them, but it's it's one of those great bluegrass bands from Wisconsin, and you have to check these guys out. They're right up there with the other ones we featured: Chicken Wire Empire, Horseshoes. Yep. I mean, they're they're top notch. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so we're gonna feature uh, the the song is called Self Control, but. It's a tough decision to find out, as it is with all of these artists, which one to choose. Like, you know, we just want to show you, uh, you know, a nice little introduction to the band. And then that way you guys can go and find the rest of their tunes on your own and really discover. But uh, again, this is uh, Self-Control by Armchair Boogie. If the sun's gonna set, then I'm gonna drink it, ain't fair. 
out all day when I'm out all night Drinking wine and acting a fool Well, you're up and shining I'm late rising, barely leave the bed And think of what I didn't do right Headache over time Like I rewind and do it again Now I know I have no self-control I'm working on it, but I'm getting real hold I ain't wise Your advice won't make a change Put it back on the shelf I'd rather not and go down easy Even as a shot, might have to slow it down But for now, I'll head downtown Now maybe it's because I'm from the north We're drinking on the weekends A competitive sport, and if the tales are true Again, that was Armchair Boogie, Self-Control. Uh, definitely check them out. I know that they're on uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, the rest of their catalog is just as good as that song. Uh, really tough to, to try to narrow it down to, to uh, decide which one we wanted to show you. So uh, we have another beer review for you. Ooh. And today's beer is uh, from Oso. And I'll let Russ kind of give you guys a little bit of a breakdown of what this baby is. Yeah, so this one is a uh, sour wheat. Um, it's a sour ale, um, sour wheat ale at 3.9% um, alcohol by volume called Infectious Groove. And uh, yeah, th- just the initial taste of it, you're definitely getting some tartness on there. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, tart. It's very, uh, I mean, like a classic sour. Yeah, I think it kind of has like a, a wilder yeast that they must have used it's good it's a little tart tangy um it's it's not dry in the back of your throat which is nice it's not like a super dehydrating one i've had some pretty nasty sours i'll be honest with you yeah and and uh so this one it's really actually uh nice uh 
definitely is uh, tame. I don't. I'm not getting like the really bad tartness that some of them have. Uh, it's not overly sweet. This is. It's a really tame version of a sour, which is great. Yeah, the the flavor is really bright. It's like when when you drink it, it like hits your tongue, and you get that instant sour. But it kind of tapers off, and it leaves. It doesn't leave you like dehydrated in the back of your throat. It's pretty pretty delicious. And uh, for those of you that don't know, we did have Oso on a previous episode, but Oso is actually in Plover, Wisconsin. They're founded in 2007. It's uh, one of the breweries on my list I still have yet to check out. Yeah, I, I've never been there either, so I think that's something that you and I should definitely, uh, once we're able to, to travel, I think that would be a good one to, to kind of go check out. Yeah, and a little, a little information about Oso. So I ended up talking to one of the guys from Oso over the phone, and uh, I asked him about the name. It actually means oh so good, like the beer. Oh, you, and they so you did, okay. It. Yeah, because I wanted to get that clarified because I thought it was like Wisconsin slang. Like, oh, so, Bob, you going to go hunting yep. or no? You know, but, but it actually does mean oh so good. And, uh, yeah, it's it's really tasty. I've seen this one in most grocery stores, too, and I think it's available all year round, I believe. I have seen it multiple times. Yeah. It's a pretty tasty one. Um, def- it's I don't think it's their flagship beer, as you would call it, but it is a very good beer from Oso, and I right. recommend you guys check it out. Yeah, and this one's, it's it's again, it's, you know, if you go to a, a, a bigger liquor store that does the uh, build-your-own six-pack, definitely throw one of these in there because I think, you know, for – for you know, people that don't necessarily enjoy a sour, uh, this one is actually really, really nice and tame. So it's it's not it's not gonna you know crush you with the sweetness or the bitterness or anything that's coming from the from that sour. And then like Russ said, with the uh, the little bit wilder of a yeast strain, this is really nice. I I really actually enjoy it. I, we Russ and I both, as we were grabbing beers out of the refrigerator, we we looked at this one. And we were like. Uh, should we review this one right now? You know, get it out of the way. Cause exactly. we're not, we're both like, we, we drink, I'm not going to lie to you. We drink a lot of cheap, crappy beer too. Yeah. And we're not oh, for we're, sure, but we try to branch out and try new stuff, especially Wisconsin beer. Um, I, I mean, anything from Wisconsin is usually quality crafted. It's usually pretty good. I like to support our state and, uh, yeah. So go and grab this one, throw it in a mix and match. That's what, yeah. And I would say this is the perfect one to add to a, uh, a mix and match because it, uh, I mean, again, this is probably available in a six pack uh, from Oso, but in in reality, you know, this is just a uh, a really classic, uh, uh, really classic sour and good enough. And now another edition of how many local you at? And we got a doozy from Beloit, Wisconsin today. A 36 year old woman from Rockford crashed her car into a building and then hid from officers early Monday morning. Whoa! Yeah, it was it was a recent one. Um, according to police, she crashed into the building at the corner of Broad and State Street around 1.15 a.m. Police say she fled from the scene and was found hiding in a doorway on West Grand Avenue. <laughs> hiding in a doorway? Yeah. Why didn't she use the door I don't, to go inside? I'm guessing it was a lot. She's just trying to dip. She doesn't really know much about doors. She has a broken she? arm and someone's like, help, help, mm-hmm. help. Just trying to find somebody to come and help her so she can get away with it. I can't turn this door because I seem to have lost my arm. She was charged... Uh, OWI second offense and uh, operating while licenses were revoked, unreasonable speed, hit and run, failure to keep her vehicle under control, possession of THC, and p- possession of drug paraphernalia on top of it. Whoa. Yeah, she hit like over the trifecta. That's a checklist right that, there. Yeah, she got all the all the check marks are in this one. Now, I don't know enough about the law, but I, I don't know if any of that's 
felony charges, but... I'm guessing in this case, so police say the accident caused flooding on the first floor of the building and a gas line was bent but did not rupture, luckily, because that would have been been, a nasty explosion. Yeah. Um, She was taken into Mercy Health in Janesville for injuries she suffered in the crash. And she's probably hiding with, like, a broken arm. Like, her arm and, like, her face, like, skin's dangling. She's, like, just trying to hide from the officers. I mean, and understandably, I mean, you, you, if you were to do something like that, you, you, your first initial thing is, like, get away from the scene. Like, you know, especially if you're not completely damaged. This is a huge deal. It's probably yeah. a felony charge. If you you're know? able to, I, to walk and, and try to get away, I guess. N- not that I would. If I did this, I'd take the full blame for it. But if if you were to... if you I, were to, I mean, that's rough, though. I mean, she, yeah, so she, that's prison she time. has drugs. She's prison time, She's sure. drunk. She smashes into a building. I'm I and I and again like the article points out this isn't her first rodeo. Yeah. She's a pretty experienced bull rider. So I'm telling you She got 10 charges like in one day. Exactly. So, so I'm I'm going to say hey, you know what even even being the most honest person, there is no way in hell I'm sticking around right to find out exactly what happens. I guess catch that additional charge of, you know, trying to flee the scene or whatever. But I mean, she's looking at some time, oh, yeah. man. She is going to be, her kids are going to be grown by the time she gets out. Yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate. and uh, Very, very unfortunate. But uh, if you were to guess, uh, how many locals do you think she's at? Yeah, so. She, I, she, she's, a small, she's a smaller lady, too. Yeah. She's 36 years old. Um, 36 I, plays a key factor, that's what though, I'm because thinking. And the, and age, age at that point, you know, you're, you're not, you're not. So past your prime, you still might hang out and go party and hang out at bars and stuff, but you can't hang like you used to. Yeah. And uh, so 36 is one of those rough ages where she she might have just gotten in over her head that night, bought a little bit of marijuana, got a little bit of, you know, other stuff going on. And uh, yeah, she just she she overdid it. But I, I'm I'm thinking with the crash and everything. Yeah, she's probably in deep on a. I'm gonna say I think she's probably at like a two, two and a half cans. I was thinking eight local. I was thinking like two, eight. I was actually eight to that. ten is like right where I think she's at. That's what I think. So, and could you imagine being like a mason and having to go fix that too? Because it was a brick building, old brick building, and all the and bricks that crumbled, the, oh. all the plumbing that goes oh into it. God. They said it, you know definitely was a leak and stuff. The oh. gas line definitely still has to be like corrected i would imagine you can't just have a bent potentially uh you know roughed up line that i mean maybe it's maybe it's weakened now i mean pressure goes through that you never know what could happen and i mean she has a pretty nice truck but with like all the drug and drug paraphernalia and stuff I honestly think there's like burn holes. She in would there. not be a four local drinker. I think she'd be like a Colt forty five Magnum Mickey's potentially. Mickey's. Yeah, she's yeah. more of a hurricane. She's a, she's a malter. I want to call him. malt. Yeah, liquor. malt. Yep, yep. So, uh, but again, hey, four loco is a malt beverage. True, it's a it's a flavored malt beverage. Yeah, so, much. so yeah, I don't think she's beyond this one. Feels feels a little like local it could to you? be a real it feels loco. loco. This feels like it could be a real loco. So eight loco we're going with on this one. Yeah, she's uh, sucking down drugs, having a couple of locos. Drugs. <laughs> Have, <laughs> she's sucking back a couple of drugs and uh, drinking a couple of four lokes, man. What's up? Heck yeah. All right, today we're here with Dan from Bare Bones Brewing in uh, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. How you doing? 
Real well. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. So we wanted to know a little bit about Bare Bones, how you guys got started, and then a little bit about your story. Okay. Well, that's a, it's a long one, but we got plenty of time. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> back in the 80s, I grew up in Illinois. Uh, don't hate me, but uh, that's where I grew up. And uh, the drinking age was 21, so I started brewing beer when I was a kid at 15, 16 years old because we could buy the ingredients. And so when we were at the school, we'd rotate to friends' houses making beer, and our parents would come home and try to figure out why the house stunk. <laughs> uh, so that's the first time I started brewing beer. And then uh, I moved to Wisconsin in 1990, uh, yay, 30 years ago. There you go. Um, and then uh, after becoming a Packer fan rather than a Bear fan, I also got back into home brewing. Uh, but I had a bunch of little kids at the time. Um, I had uh, three kids that were under age five. Uh, and I started to try to homebrew, and it really didn't work because I didn't have the time. Um, and then um, in about 2011, I run, it up, I run a business in Eagle River, Wisconsin, found a little brewery up here called Tribute. It's uh, uh, just a steel building. It was very simple. Uh, I had a gutter for a beer catch, uh, taps coming through the cooler. Just a very simplistic model, um, but they made great beer. And uh, I started spending a lot of time there. And then when I moved my business um, in Oshkosh to a spot that was right on a bicycle trail, the Weawash Bicycle Trail, um, we decided to, hey, let's put in a little tapper. We're going to put in a little five-barrel system um, in the end of our existing business. And that's kind of how Bare Bones came to be. Awesome. Yeah, I know. We, we love the concept, too, with the uh, dogs and stuff. Obviously, we're both huge dog people. Yeah. So it's, it's really neat. Um, I was going to ask you, do you guys, uh, what, what beers are you currently having on tap right now? Um, Oktoberfest is just about out. Isn't that weird that it's almost October <laughs> right. we're about done? Um, but uh, we've got a coffee uh, stout coming out probably in the next week. I know uh, coffee beans are going in tomorrow uh, to be steeped. And then um, let's see what else is coming up. Our cookies and milk stout. Ooh, sounds good. Uh, a beer we do for festival foods. We put festival foods cookies actually in the mash itself um but it's a it's a milk stout that's uh gets sold at all their locations and we've been doing that this will be the fourth year that sounds uh, amazing that comes out thanksgiving i'll be looking for that we actually just got a festival foods about a year ago in uh hales corners right uh, near where i live oh nice and yeah so we i know things have been really weird this year obviously with covid uh but do you guys have any events coming up yeah, we have uh, an event next weekend. is probably the last one for the, the cool season or before it gets cold. We have a bike event that we did last year. Um, we formed a nonprofit group to try to include uh, and uh, make the bike trails around Winnebago County better, make it more uh, Madison, if you will, where it's super bike friendly. But uh, the, the event we have next weekend is a fundraiser for that nonprofit group. Um, but we, we ride up the wheel wash bike trail. So we leave from the brewery. We head to the Larson Tavern, which is about 10 miles there. Um, and then there's actually two rides. One's 38 miles and one's 20. But uh, you either go to Larson and back uh, and then come back and enjoy the party at the brewery. Or you drive up to Hortonville and back, which is about a 20, 20 mile, uh, 19 mile round uh, each way, I should say, 38 mile round trip um, back to the brewery. Then we have a band called the President's which are a local band that uh, book kind of all over. They play a lot of Packer games, and they're, they're a top-notch uh, entertainment group. So we've got them playing at night, a food truck, stuff like that. And we just hope the weather's great next Saturday. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like an awesome event, too. I hope you got good weather for that. 
Yeah, it's going to be outside without a without a tent. Um, so we might have a bonfire going, a couple of heaters going if it is a little bit cool. But uh, with everything that's going on, we keep things really spread out. We have the doors propped open to the tap room. People come in, they wear a mask. Um, they get in line six feet apart waiting to get a beer or we'll have a, a beer serving outside as well. So, Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like a great event. And Dan, before we let you go, we uh, we want to find out how Wisconsin you are. So this is going to be interesting because we have a uh, Illinois clientele on the phone with us. Yeah, original <laughs> Illinois. But but he's been here for thirty years. He's he's probably and, done all of these. Things. And he's a Packer fan, right? So he might be all right. <laughs> so Dan, have you ever eaten a squeaky cheese curd? I have. We serve them at the brewery. We get them delivered every Friday. Awesome. Perfect. Good. Love to hear that. We got one. <laughs> have you ever been to a Brewers Packers Badgers game and tailgated? Yeah, all three. Oh, the, the trifecta. trifecta. Nice awesome. job. Yeah. Yep. Have... Uh, my friends uh, used to get tickets right next to Front Row Amy. So, oh yeah, uh, Front we Row were, Amy. We're, yeah, we were in seats one through four, and she was always in seat five. So that's yeah, awesome. Now, I've been to games. I've been to great seats at the at Miller Park for sure. Yeah. Have and, you? Yeah. Did you? Did you ever catch a glimpse? Did she? actually keep uh, uh the the scorecard proper oh yeah oh, good yeah. from the best that i could tell you know, yeah you know, i'm drinking and doing, and doing whatever and then we we're, we have uh packer season tickets because i put my uh, son on in 1993 when he wow. was born or 92 i should say um so we actually got season tickets to the packers so we, we do a lot of packer games as well that's awesome yeah i think last time i looked i'm at like fifty six thousand still yeah <laughs> <So>. <laughs> we got a ways to wait I got I was a little twelve thousand in nineteen ninety two, and we got our tickets about three years ago. Oh, yeah! I don't well, think I'll ever see it in my lifetime, but yeah, that's okay. Dan, have you ever wore a cheese hat? I have. Yep. Perfect. Uh, He's a season ticket holder. He so has a cheese he has. hat. Okay, that was a dumb question. You get you get the <laughs> cheese head with the season tickets. Sure, it does. It comes in a box. It's really nice. Yeah. So one one Wisconsin thing we face: Have you ever hit a deer? Yeah, I've done that uh, with my work truck. Yeah. Um, I've hit, actually, I've hit, hit two, so yeah, we got that covered. There you go. I, I got the Nothing one. Nothing more Wisconsin than that. I've been really lucky. I think I have a one count right now, yeah. but it was pretty bad. It damaged my car yeah. pretty good. Yeah. The irony is I'm looking at a deer in my backyard. I'm up at Eagle River while we're talking. Wow. See? deer sitting there, standing oh. right in the backyard. Get your work <laughs> truck ready. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had a true muddled old-fashioned? Yes, we make those at the brewery as well because we have a liquor license. Uh, so we actually muddle our own old fashioned. So we, it's uh, one of my favorite uh, pastimes. Had three of them last night. I love, I love, I love a good uh, uh, brandy old fashioned, and I like it sour. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it either way. I might, I like it sweet and sour. Yeah. I like it muddled for sure, though, where everything's oh, smashed definitely. in the bottom. Yep. You, maybe throw a sugar cube in there too. Yeah, it's pretty good. Have no, you Steve because it's you know we're trying to watch your calories a little bit. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Watching my figure. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever milked a cow? That one I can say I haven't. Um, I have never done that. Never got that urge, but you know, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still young. I can do it. Yeah. Yep. Still got plenty of time. You could just, you know, go milk one right now if you want. Yeah, I've Get... milked the cat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Love it. <laughs> Have you ever went to a tractor pull? No. No. That is not something in my wheelhouse. You know, it's it's days. it's not really up my alley either. I yeah. used to go as a kid with my grandpa. That's the only reason I've been to him. I it's not really in my wheelhouse either. So, have you ever been to a supper club? And uh, do you have a favorite? 
Absolutely. Um, we go to supper clubs all the time. And I guess, I don't know whether we're in Eagle River or down by Oshkosh. Oshkosh, I would have to say it's uh, Butemore Supper Club is probably the uh, the best supper club we've, uh, we've been to down in the Oshkosh area. It's a, it's a joint and they get real good people and great food there. I have not awesome. been to that one. Is I've it the, heard of it. Is it the old school uh, 70s walls and everything too? Yep, it's kind of got bench seats like you're in a, um, almost like you're in a cafe in the morning, yeah. some of the seats in the front, and it's right next to the Whiting, uh, they, they call it the White House, uh, used to be called Jimmy's White House, which is a very historic building uh, in Butemore, right down from the brewery, about three, four miles. Awesome. And Dan, we got two more questions for you before we let you go today. Sure. Next one, uh, beer brats, and uh, do you have a brewery from uh, or a beer from uh, Bare Bones that you recommend using in beer brats? I mean, I always hate wasting craft beer, but I was just wondering if you guys have one you'd recommend trying. We like our amber, um, yeah. In, in the brats, you know, usually uh, they. I always say it's the oldest one in the fridge. Uh, my favorite beer is the freshest, so uh, I try to get rid of whatever's old because I don't think it, it, it affects the flavor too much. But uh, I think amber's amber's a good solid choice. Yeah. I remember we had um, from one of our guests, they say they age PBR. I don't yeah. know if you can really age PBR. <laughs> you know, a fine good year PBR. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. And we got one more question. Um, besides Bare Bones, is there a brewery or a brewery tour you recommend people go and check out? Wow, gosh. I mean, I've always liked the Lakefront tour. Um, that's always been a, a great time. Um, I've done the Lining Kugels one. I've done a bunch of them, but I would have to say Lakefront probably does the best job of putting it on uh, for a tour. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. In, in, in the macro brews, I really like the Miller tour. I mean, I've, I must have done that three or four times. That's a really um, cool one. You get yeah. to go in the cellars yeah. and everything. That's pretty neat. Yeah, and that's my favorite macro beer. I mean, everybody. I drink, I've got craft beer every night when I go home. I got twelve, well, actually eighteen taps. I'm looking at, so I can pick a lot of different flavors. But sometimes you do get burned out of it, and uh, you'll always find Miller High Life in my uh, my fridge just because it's a it's an easy drink. Yeah, um, so, and it tastes fantastic, nice and creamy, and it's, it's just a great beer. Yeah. yeah, sometimes I mean you just got to switch back to that cheap lager once in a while. I mean, I, I branch out, but I love my cheap beer too. So yeah, yeah. And they've got a great way that, that, for me, of all the macro beers, if you pour a, a Miller High Life in a glass, and I always drink it out of a pint glass, the lacing on it's amazing. The head is great, and then there's a lacing in that glass when you finish that you will not find in a Coors Light or Bud Light or any, any other macro beer, even a PBR. I used to be a huge PBR guy, but uh, the, the lacing that uh, that Miller has got going and the, the creamy deliciousness, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, that's a great beer, champagne of beers. I like it. Mm-hmm. But, Dan, we want to thank you for your time today, and uh, we really appreciate you coming on our show, and um, thanks again. Yeah, we can't wait to get up there by you. Yeah, we'll open a second location in, in Menasha that's going to open November 1st. It's just going to be a tap room, and um, my son's putting a distillery next to that. Awesome. Oh, nice. Uh, it's going to separate, but kind of very connected, so you could do a distillery tour, and uh, we won't be making beer there, but we'll be serving our beer. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. All right. Thanks but, a lot, guys. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. You. Have, Have a, a great day. rest of your Sunday. All right. That concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, we recommend you subscribe via SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, leave us a review on any one of those above-mentioned sites, and we can read one at the end of every show. 
follow us on social media, and feel free to reach out, especially if there is a piece of history or weird news you'd love us to share or research, as well as highlight some local artists or music. Our website is projectcapestudio.com. I'd also like to thank my friend and past co-worker, Steph Skibak, for providing us with awesome podcast cover art, as well as the Dang It's for intro and outro music, and all of you for listening. As always, watch, watch out, out for deer, deer on, on the way, way home. home.